Welcome beyond our focus. I'm Stefan, this is Amanda, and this is Let's Palaver About the Wind Through the Keyhole. The four and a half book. Yes, we have finally made it through Wizards in Glass, if you've been paying attention and following along. This is the eighth book that falls between the fourth and fifth book. Yes. So this was written after the completion of the entire series. Which, and it feels like it. Which completed when? What year did it complete in? A fancy date. A fancy date. This one's... This one was in 2012. Yeah. I don't remember. We went over all this, I think, at the back of uh, here. They talk about when uh, the next one, all three of them, there was an advertisement in the back. Oh, is it mine? Not of yours, though. Um, 2004. So, 2004. So, it was three and four, when all the, the three other ones. So, Sorry. and this was written when? This is 2000, I thought I just said 2012. That's what I thought too. So, so 2012 and 2004. So eight years later, after the fact. Yes. Eight books, or the eighth book was written eight years after the last one. Yes. And it feels like it. Yes. It, it feels, it's definitely a strange feel and it, like a lot of things, goes to show that he probably didn't go back and reread his work before he decided jumping into this one. It has a different feel, and it feels odd coming off of Wizards in Glass going yes. into this. Um, we, of course, have different covers. I have this one. Yeah, because you have an old version, more closely probably tied when it came out, versus mine. Which is just based on, oh, a major motion picture, oh. which this isn't a major motion picture. No, it was a... <laughs> the Dark Tower is a... It was a very minor motion picture yeah. that kind of got buried and should stay there. Yeah, this book wasn't a motion picture. Oh, okay. A Dark it was Tower novel. Kind of, it was, I don't even know. So, yes, this is the eighth book takes place before four and five, so it's four and a half. The Wind Through the Keyhole, The Dark Tower Novel. Yay! This is for Robin Firth and the gang at Marvel Comics. Also interesting. We've mentioned the comics before in here. So I guess this, well, definitely probably came out after a lot of the comics, and he probably was happy, I guess, I assume happy with the <laughs> comics. So we pretty much open up on, of course, his foreword, because Stephen King likes to kind of touch base with his, his followers no. <laughs> um, beforehand just to let him know what's going on in his life while he's writing these books and this one is pretty much allowing you room to say that this book could be a standalone yes many people holding this book have followed the adventures of Roland and his band his quartet for years some of them uh, from the beginning others I hope there are many Newcomers and constant readers alike may ask, Can I read and enjoy this story if I haven't read the other Dark Tower books? My answer is yes, if you keep a few things in mind. Which, personally, I don't know what person goes, Huh, Tiger, I totally need to pick this up. Oh, Dark Tower novel, that's interesting. I wonder if it's to anything else, Kings. Oh, it's, it's the eighth book. I should totally read this one first. That's how I should go about it. 
I don't know. I've jumped into weird things like that before. I actually read the third Harry Potter book first. Why would you do that? I don't know, because I, I was like, Harry Potter came out, it was this huge thing, and I was, but this was before hipster stuff happened, but I was the hipster person who said, I don't want to jump into the mainstream kind of thing. Like, I don't want it. And... So, couldn't be mainstream and read the first book. No. Well, no, that's not what happened. <laughs> it's... My sister, for either my birthday or something, was like, oh... Here is a book about, like, shape-shifting and werewolves and stuff like that, because she just read the back of it, and was, and she mentioned that she might want to read Harry Potter at some point. Hey, here's this book I got you for your birthday. And I was like, well, it's not like I'm going to get that attached to it, so I might as well read it. So I read the third one, and I went back and read the first two, and then I think I read... I read something else out of order, too. I don't remember what. Why? Why? Because I was young Love and naive. And Why? <laughs> so, but this, no. this, this is just weird to read out of order. Yes. But, I guess, I mean, it can... For what I've read so far, yeah. my first time going through, it, it could be on its own. It's still weird. You get introduced to a bunch of characters you don't know anything about, if you haven't read the other ones. And it's just a lot of weirdness happening here. But it does give he does give a few pointers as far as knowing where Midworld is, knowing who Roland is, and at least a brief mention of what's happened in Roland's past. Not in the past books, so there's no spoilers, but just in his past that led him on this journey. Yeah, so it's a very brief summary of kind of what's happening. But he says, as for me, I was delighted to discover my old friends had a little more to say. It was a great gift to find them again, years after I thought their stories were told. Stephen King, September 14th, 2011. Very, very interesting. I, 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 I like that note because even just reading, I think when we read the afterword of the last one, how much this story, these... Roland's story has just encompassed everything he's ever done and has been a huge part of his life. Yeah, it says, for long-time readers, this book should be shelved between Wizard in Class and the Wolves of Kala, which makes it, I suppose, Dark Tower 4.5. Can we just get rid of Wolves of Kala? Just pull that one out and just... <laughs> just could encompass the things you need to know in this book. Um, but we'll get there eventually. So, this... Would we say chapter one, I guess, maybe? Part one, pretty much. But there's no chapter, so it has to be chapter one. I don't know. Well, it's called Stark Blast. Yes. We're going to go with that. Chapter one, Stark Blast. It is Blast. section one, Stark one. Or Stark chapter Blast. one, Stark Blast. It's not a chapter. Why isn't it a chapter? Because What else it's would not you call a... it? That's just part one. This could be chapter one. These would be giant chapters. Like giant Because we haven't giant had giant chapters, chapters before. One what, what the book literally has a chapter that's like, I think, 175 pages? When we, One chapter! Okay, when we get to the actual core of this book, it is the core of the book. You're saying yeah. one chapter is half the book? I'm Over saying, half that, the book? We have books that chapters are more than half this book. That would be a chapter. Yeah. And... King Rock have long chapters. King likes long chapters. Where, where, where's... Where, where's... Nope, there's... Okay. Uh, 
Yeah. You saying that's a chapter? There's four chapters in this book. Anyway. Chapter one. Not Stark Blast. During the days after they left the Green Palace that wasn't Oz after all, but which was now the tomb of the unpleasant fellow Roland's Cuttet had known as the TikTok Man, the boy Jake began to range farther and farther ahead of Roland, Eddie, and Susanna. Don't you worry about him, Susanna asked Roland, out there on his own. He's got oi with him, Eddie said, referring to the Billy Bumbler who had adopted Jake as his special friend. Mr. Oi gets along with nice folks, all right, but he's got a mouthful of sharp teeth for those who aren't so nice, as that guy Gasher found out to his sorrow. See, all of this, all of this, completely just weird and wonky. <laughs> huh, we need to introduce you to these characters. Huh, we need to say weird things. Never in the history of the books have they ever called him Mr. Oi before. <laughs> I think he was just trying to make Eddie be his sarcastic self again. But it just is weird. It feels weird. It feels out of place. Jake also has his father's guns, Roland said. And of course he, knows he does. how to use it. His father's he guns. he knows very well, and he won't leave the path of the beam. I'm glad we established he has the gun. Because last time we heard, Roland has the gun. We don't know what's Sam, happened in I'm that small part. I'm just throwing it out there. I, okay. Oh my goodness. Yes, it is wonky. Now, can we get over the fact? Probably not. But Okay. Can we get over the fact he's written this book as a standalone? So, meaning, yes, it's going to seem very weird to us. But if we keep going on that, we're going to be talking about this for two friggin' hours. Well, sometimes <laughs> you have to do what you have to do. You have to dive deep. That's not even deep. That's shallow. That is as shallow Dive as it real gets. Real deep into it. Real deep. Figure out what's going on with it. So yes, we. He goes over the beam being, of course, the movement of clouds ahead. Of course, he mentions thunderclap because that's where they're headed. So it's just a note. And another. This reason- is King Blade. Like, hey, reader, if this is your first time reading this. Here's a bunch of mysterious and weird things. Don't you want to check out the other books? Yes. One, it's a, hey, I'm hinting at all this stuff you might actually want to go back and read. Mm-hmm. It's also, I wrote this eight years after I wrote the last one, meaning if you don't want to go back and you just want to read this one, here's a little refresher on what was happening at this time. Like, we were on our way to Thunderclap if you don't remember what happened. <laughs> it's kind of like... The, uh, previously on. Previously. <laughs> um, so yes, they are still on the road. I also find it weird. Yours, yeah, yours is different. Hmm. The numbers are on the inside. Oh. I don't know. This is, this is an abomination awkward. book, okay? I mean, it's just abomination awkward. Abomination book. I go to look at the things. It's like, where's the numbers? Oh, 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 what's the <laughs> there? They tried to get oh. all fancy with their... Who puts numbers on the inside? Which is also strange, because I think at one point, on one of these pages, this one, the numbers at the bottom. <laughs> Whoever edited this one, I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's at the bottom of the page here, and then works its way to here, up top in the middle. I don't know what to tell you. I, they got high on the fumes from the movie that was horrible and weird. made that that thing At that you got going on right now. Be consistent. 
Um, yes. But why, Susanna began, and then her wheelchair hit a bump. She turned to Eddie. Watch where you're pushing me, sugar. Sorry, Eddie said. Public works hasn't been doing any maintenance along this stretch of the turnpike lately. Must be dealing with budget cuts. It wasn't a turnpike, but it was a road, or had been. Um, earlier that morning, they had even passed an abandoned store with barely readable sign, Tooks Outland Mercantile. reason why I note that is because of Tooks. Anything? No. No, not ringing a bell? No, okay. it's not ringing a bell. Um, I don't know because he, he didn't, of course, say it in his foreword, or I don't even think he has an afterword that really pertains to the book. But you had mentioned that he takes a lot of inspiration from, of course, like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and stuff like that. Well, Tooks is, I believe, um, Bilbo Baggins' mom's original name. Like, Took is their line. He, like, in The Hobbit... He says, oh, he must have got that from the Took side, or he must have gotten that from... Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't, There's could, no way I would have ever gotten any of that. But it could be, as I said, just a coincidence. But being that we have talked about his, yes. his inspirations... Probably not a coincidence. Probably not. They investigated inside for supplies. Jake and Oi had still been with them then and had found nothing but dust. And the skeleton of what was either a large raccoon, a small dog, or a billy bumbler. And then Oi decided to piss on it. Because why not? He likes to pee on things, apparently. In this book. Yes. It's weird. That is is another huge weird thing in this book, as far as Oi. Because Oi is more like a puppy. Yes. Oi has now become a dog. He has. He really, really has. Uh, He faced... Uh, he had faced back the way they had come, sniffing the air. Roland had seen the bumbler do this several times lately, and although he had said nothing, he pondered it. Someone trailing them, maybe? He didn't actually believe this, but the bumbler's posture, nose lifted, ears pricked, tail curled, called up some old memory or association he couldn't quite catch. So Oi is acting strange. Oh, it's, it's almost like he's a different character in this book. Uh, he's plenty to think about, Eddie said quietly. He's been through a lot. Not every kid comes back from the dead. It's like Roland says, if someone tries to face him down, it's the someone who's apt to be sorry. Eddie stopped pushing the wheelchair, armed sweat from his armed sweat from his brow, and looked at Roland. Uh, are there some ones in the particular suburbs of nowhere, Roland, or have they all moved on? Oh, there are a few I want. I love the what. Mm-hmm. At least that quint it, it works well. Yeah. <laughs> he did more than what. They had been peeked at several times as they continued their course along the path of the beam. Once by a frightened woman with her arms around two children and a babe hanging in a sling from her neck. Once by an old farmer, a half-mutie with a jerking tentacle that hung from one corner of his mouth. Jeez. Eddie and Susanna had seen none of these people or sensed others that Roland felt... There was some words. There was some words. 
or since the others that Roland felt sure had. From the safety of the woods and high grasses marked their progress. Eddie and Susanna had a lot to learn. Oh, so this is going to be another one of those circumstances. Yeah. The R's are different. Not different in what's being said, but different as far as pages. Why? Because you just changed pages in the middle of that sentence. Oh. And mine's still very clearly on this well, side. If you notice how small my book I, is. I know they're different. They are different books. Yes. So, no, we will not be able to go on page eight. Exactly. There's no page anything. There's a... But it does ooh, help. Ooh. It does help that I don't take notes anymore, so... Yeah. I, so I don't, I don't take read... major notes. I take yeah. little things here and there. Yes. Just to put stuff. But why did you say ooh? Because I'm still trying to figure out how we plan on doing this. For explaining up the next chapter. <laughs> I don't know. Because if I remember correctly, there are... There are no breaks of any kind. No, they're not. There are breaks in this chapter, which is weird, to not put them anywhere else in the book. So how are we going to split it up even more so with us having different pages? I guess I'm going to have to read the book and then come back and tell you where we should start. Oh, I don't know. We're going to figure that out. We don't know. Should figure it out before filming this. Uh, Eddie and Susanna had a lot to learn, but they had learned at least some of what they would need, it seemed, because Eddie now asked, Are they the ones Oi keeps scenting up behind us? I don't know, Roland thought, adding that he was sure something else was on Oi's strange little bumbler mind and decided not to. The gunslinger had spent long years with no catet, and keeping his own counsel had become a habit, one he would have to break if the tet was to remain strong. But not now, not this morning. Let's move on, he said. I'm sure we'll find Jake waiting up for us up ahead. At least if he'd put little breaks like he does here. Oh my god. We could we could uh, we could easily fix things. We're it's a small little thing. It's a small We're never thing. gonna get through this. We're not. It's fine. It's fine. No, we're, we have forty five minutes to figure this out. Oh so. yeah. Forty five minutes to keep stopping and figuring out the next five, it's ten, what, twenty. It's what you have to do sometimes. Sometimes In the middle of the podcast. Yes. No better time. No. I'd like to sleep at some point. No, no. It's for the week. Two hours later, just shy of noon, they breasted a rise and halted. What a wonderful phrase. Looked down at a wide, slow-moving river, gray as pewter? Because, of course, beneath the overcast sky on the northwest bank. So, yeah. There's a river, and there's a very large dock. I think river is an understatement, because to hell. <laughs> it's a big river. Yes. With a very large dock. Very large dock, and it's not, like, it's a dock. There's a raft-looking thing that's attached to a big cord. We're <laughs> 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 getting sound effects now. There, there are in fact sirens outside. I know. I heard them too. I'm glad you informed us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You okay, baby girl? Huh? You okay? You okay? You gonna be okay? 
Sound the alarm. They're coming in. Well, I guess if we had been reading The Wolves of Kala, this probably would have gone better. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, this is a train wreck and a half. <laughs> okay. So, they spot good old Jake yes. and an old man. Just chilling on a raft. Chilling, hanging out. Roland thought of it. Or, okay, uh, Jake and the old man appeared to be eating well-stuffed pumpkins. Roland's mouth sprang water at the sight of them. Oi was beyond them at the edge of the circus-painted raft, looking raptly down at his own reflection, or perhaps at the reflection of the steel cable that ran overhead, spanning the river. Is that the why? Susanna asked Roland. Yar. Eddie grinned. You say why, I say why not. He raised one hand and waved it over his head. Jake. Hey, Jake. Oi. Jake waved back, and although the river and the raft moored at its edge were still a quarter of a mile away, their eyes were uniformly sharp, and they saw the white of the boy's teeth as he grinned. And then, for some strange reason, Susanna calls Oi like a dog. Yep, yep. We've never gotten this anywhere in the books. The closest thing we ever get is Jake saying Oi to me. Yes. But only ever Jake. Or Roland. Roland's done it too. But... So, Susanna does it, and he, like, flies like the wind at her, wagging his tail. He might as well be a wiener dog coming yes. at you because he's happy to see you. He's shrilling, barking, and or he's making shrill yips. And he runs up, jumps in her lap, and then jumps back down. Olin, Ed, and Suze. And, yep, and he proceeds to, he needs to call all their names. Because he's, he, he's known for that. Heil, Sir Thrakken, Roland said, using the ancient word for bumbler he'd first heard in the book read to him by his mother. The Thrakken and the Dragon. And then, of course, Oi pees on something again. Which, of course, is also interesting. Being that Thrakken, as far as I'm aware of, is never brought up at any point throughout the books other than in this book. I've never heard the Billy Bumblers called anything other than Billy Bumblers. I don't know. So for them now to be called Throckin, which is interesting. I don't know. I don't remember. That is one thing I don't remember. Why does he... Okay, it says, Then faced back the way they had come, scenting at the air, eyes on the horizon. Why does he keep doing that, Roland? Eddie asked. I don't know, but he almost knew. Was it some old story? Not the Thrakken and the dragon, but one like it? Roland thought so. For a moment he thought of green eyes, watchful in the dark, and a little shiver went through him. Not of fear, exactly, although that might have been a part of it, but remembrance. Then it was gone. There'll be water if God wills it, he thought, and only realized he had spoken aloud when Eddie said, Huh? Never mind, Roland said. Let's have a little pa palaver. Why is it that word? With Jake's new friend, shall we? Perhaps he has an extra extra popkin or two. It's a hard word, okay? It's not the name of the podcast. It's not a name we read quite frequently throughout the books. But it's very difficult. It's a hard word. We're having some trouble today. So today is a hard having, day. 
Today is, today is, I'm, we're sorry, people. I'm so sorry. I will apologize on behalf of myself, because. I won't. Damn. (laughs) The old man was sitting there, sitting, sitting when they entered the boathouse, standing when they emerged on the riverside. He saw the guns Roland and Eddie were wearing, the big irons with the sandalwood sandalwood grips, and his eyes widened and dropped to Wania. The day was still, and Roland actually heard his bones creak. Hail, gunslinger, he said, and put his arthritic, swollen fist to the center of his forehead. I salute thee. Rise up, friend, Roland said, and help, hoping the old man was a friend. Well, I mean, he's a friend or... Jake really get along with him. He's just poisoning Jake. It's fine. <laughs> Poison the young whippersnapper. I'll get you next. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, it says, The old man was having trouble managing it and getting up. So Eddie stepped aboard and gave him an arm. Thank you, son. Thank you. Be you a gunslinger as well, or are you apprentice? Eddie looked at Roland. Roland gave him nothing, so Eddie looked back at the old man, shrugged, and grinned. Little of both, I guess. I'm Eddie Dean of New York. This is my wife, Susanna, and this is Roland Deschain of Gilead. The riverman's eyes widened. Gilead that was? Do you say so? Gilead that was. Roland agreed and felt an unaccustomed sorrow rise up from his heart. Time was a face on the water, and like the great river before them, it did nothing but flow. So they all gather upon the raft. Chow down. Old man bent to stroke the bumbler's raised head. And we are too, aren't we, fella? Don't you remember my name? Bix! Boy said promptly. Then turned to the northwest again, raising his snout. At least he had an easy name to remember. He did. He he usually, he usually only speaks three letters at a time anyways. <laughs> Oh, he usually just says the last little piece. Yeah. And usually it's not... He doesn't usually say B. That's why he got his name Oi. Because he didn't say yeah. Boy. But for, he's good with Bix instead of saying Ix. I don't know. Oi, how you've learned to speak so well. Yeah. It's, it's been a long trip since the palace, okay? And then you're going to digress a lot in the next book. Oh. Will he eat? Bix asked them. What I have is poor and rough, but such as there is, I'd be happy to share. So, yeah, with some food and uh, a fairy and like a boat fairy, not like a little fairy with wings. Yes, they've added fairies now, okay? Would it really, really be surprising? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> For all the things we encounter, especially later in the book. Would a fairy really be beyond magic? No. <laughs> oh, let me have some. I've I've got some popkins and some fairies. I have your choice. The wings are delicious. <laughs> and then, of course, it says Bix stepped off the big raft and went into the boathouse. Eddie waited until he heard the old guy rummaging around, then bent to Jake and said in a low voice. Is he okay? He's fine, Jake said. 
It's the way we're going, and he's happy to have someone to take across. He says it's been years. I'll bet it has been, Eddie agreed. Um, of course, he brought back a lot of food. It says, eat all you like. The river's filled with shanties, and most are true-threaded. The muties I throw back. Once upon a time, we were ordered to throw the baddens up a bank so they wouldn't breed more. And for a while I did, but now he shrugged. Live and let live is what I say. As someone who's lived long himself, I feel like I can say it. How old are you? Jake asked. I turned a hundred and twenty quite some time ago, but since then I've lost count, so I have. Time short on this side of the door, can it? I mean, Roland's a couple thousand years old, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> on this side of the door, that memory of some old story tugged at Roland again and then was gone. Do you follow that? The old man pointed to the moving band of clouds in the sky. We do. To the Kalas or beyond? Beyond. To the great darkness? Bix looked both troubled and fascinated by the idea. We go our course, Roland said. What fee would you take to cross us, Cy Fairy Man? Bix laughed. Money's no good with nothing to spend it on. You have no livestock, and it's clear as day that I have more food to eat, more to eat than you do. And you could always draw on me and force me to take you across. Never, Susanna said, looking shocked. I know that, Vic said, waving a hand at her. We're just pushing the river to take the fare ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> you just admitted you're like 150 or something, so... Bix turned to Roland. Ye come from Lud. I wot. I'd hear of Lud and how things go there, for it was a marvelous city, so it was, crumbling and growing strange when I knew it, but still marvelous. Well, yeah. We're a lot further past that now. The four of them exchanged a look that was all antet, that peculiar telepathy they shared. It was a look that was also dark with shum, the old midworld term that can mean shame, but also means sorrow. What? Vix asked. What have I said? If I've asked for something you'd not give, I cry your pardon. Not at all, Roland said. But Lud. Lud is dust in the wind, Susanna said. Well, Eddie said, not dust exactly. Ashes, Jake said, the kind that glow in the dark. Vix pondered this, then nodded slowly. I'd hear anyway, or as much as you can tell in an hour's time. That's how long the crossing takes. So, of course, he brings the, starts bringing them across. They figure they find a Z-crank on the boat that's listed as North Central Positronics. Yes, North Central Positronics. Uh, he explains about where he got it from, a little underground tunnel area back towards the palace. Yes. And... Apparently got some radiation sickness from that. Um, yeah, it says he lost all his hair and some of it grew back. <laughs> Bix looked... Did you lose your hair as well as your chompers? Eddie asked. Bix looked surprised, then nodded. Yar, some, but it grew back. That crank, it's steel, you know. Eddie pondered um, this a moment. Of course it was still. It was an inanimate object. <laughs> then he realized the old man was saying steel. Still, still. <laughs> we talk about our good old Blaine the Mono. Yes. And the other one, Patricia. 
They are pretty much they tell the stories of what's happened so far. And how everything pretty much everything they've crossed has died. <laughs> like when you think about it, every town they've been through up till now, every place besides maybe like the old folks that they met along the way. Every place they've been through, destruction has happened. Yeah, yeah. They seem to show up and kill everything. <laughs> yeah. So. Everything, everything just, they kill everything or everything just falls apart and something else kills it. So, Oi acts a little strange again and the old man's like, Your Throkin knows it's coming, Bix remarked. He looked at Roland. You'll want to take heed, I. For a moment, Roland could say nothing. A clear memory rose from the back of his mind to the front. One of a dozen hand-colored woodcut illusions in an old and well-loved book. Six bumblers sitting on a fallen tree in the forest beneath the crescent moon, all with their snouts raised. That volume, Magic Tales of the Eld. He had loved above all others when he had been but a smock. One, listening to his mother and uh, as she read him to sleep in the high tower bedroom. While the autumn gale sang its lonely song outside, calling down winter. The wind through the keyhole was the name of the story that went with the picture. And it had been both terrible and wonderful. All my gods on the hill, Roland said, and thumped the heel of his reduced hand to his brow. I should have known right away, if only from how warm it's gotten the last few days. So Roland just facepalmed, pretty much. Roland did his version <sighs> of the facepalm, which is... Hmm. Uh, says, you mean you didn't, Bix asked, and you from Inworld? He made a tisking sound. Roland, Suzanne asked, what is it? Roland ignored her. He looked from Bix to Oi and back to Bix. The Stark Blast's coming. Bix nodded. Aye, Thrakken say so, and about Stark Blast, the Thrakken are never wrong. Other than speaking a little, it's their bright. Bright what? Eddie asked. He means their talent, Roland said. Bix, do you know a place on the other side where we can hide up and wait for it to pass? Happens I do. So, I, I, I find it cool slash funny slash... I guess, I don't know if the word would be ironic, using the term bright for his his talent or his special ability, being that we have the shine. Mm-hmm. Bright and the shine. This is interesting. Could be coincidental. <laughs> Probably not on the fact that, of course, King wrote that. Yes. And this... I'm not positive when Doctor Sleep came out. Well, it was it was called the um, it was called the Shine and the Shining too. I know, but I'm saying Doctor Sleep would have reintroduced the idea of that. Oh, Doctor Sleep was fairly recent. Though. Well, I think it's yeah. more recent, but I don't know how long it took to write it oh, okay. and talk about Shine and Bright and yeah. Just one of those things. If you missed it, we're talking about the Shining and. Doctor Sleep, of course, is the more current connection to that. But in The Shining, the special ability is called The Shine. Or The Shining. How are we going to call it? 
Huh. We get a little description of where they need to go. Hold up in this nice stone building. What is this Stark Blast? Susanna asked. Is it a storm? Yes, Roland said. I haven't seen one in many, many years. It's a lucky thing we had Oi with us. Even then, I wouldn't have known if it was not for Bink. Bix. Binks. Yeah, it's not Binks. Binks Zachary is, Binks. Exactly. Huh. He squeezed the old man's shoulder. Thank you, Sai. We all say thank you. So they make it to the other side. And... Says... We'll be fine, Roland said. Good, then, good. The old man seemed reluctant to leave. He looked from face to face, seriously, then grinned, exposing toothless gums. We're well met along the path, are we not? So we are, Roland agreed. And if you come back this way, stop and visit a while with <laughs> old Bix. Tell him of your adventures. We will, Susanna said, although she knew they would never be this way again. It was a thing they all knew. And mind the Stark Blast. It's nothing to fool with, but you might have a day yet, or even two. He's not turning circles yet, are you, Oi? Oi, the bumbler agreed. Bix fetched a sigh. Now, you go your way, he said, and I go mine. We'll both be laid up under cover soon enough. Roland and his tet started up the path. One other thing, Bix called after them, and they turned back. If you see that cussed Andy... Tell him I don't want no songs and I don't want my fortune read. Or horoscope read. Who's Andy? Jake called back. Oh, never mind. You probably won't see him anyway. That was the old man's last words on it and none of them remembered it. Although they did meet Andy in the farming community of Kala Brinsturgis. But that was later, after the storm had passed. So, unless you've read the books before, you guys don't know it. But it comes back later in Wolves of Kala. Like the like yeah, like yeah. yeah. Good old Andy. Andy. I like him saying, "Oh, they didn't remember anyway." Yeah. Because they didn't. So see that that because they couldn't. Yes, and that's that's that that one bit of foresight, like the whole. Well, if you actually think about it, they wouldn't have known anything that's happened from books, you know, five and up. Yeah. And plus, that kind of cops it out of he didn't write anything about this moment in those. So, I mean. Yeah, it's a lot of little weird things. So, they make it to the deserted village, which was five miles away. Because um, they said they. They say five miles, but then they also say it took them less than an hour to do that. Do what? Get there. At some point, mean? they say how long it took them to get there. Oh, it says, It was only five miles to the deserted village, and they arrived less than an hour after they left the ferry. So it took them an hour to walk five miles. You don't walk five miles in an hour. You just don't. I mean, they were, that, they were really, really going. Time moves differently in this world. Something, something moves differently. They used to come down on the great woods north of New Cannon once or twice a year, although we never had one in Gilead. They always rose away into the air before they got so far. But I remember once seeing carts loaded with frozen bodies drawn down Gilead Road. Farmers and their families, I suppose. 
Where their throcken had been, their billy bumblers, I don't know. Perhaps they took sick and died. In any case, with no bumblers to warn them, those folks were unprepared. The stark blast comes suddenly, you can. One moment your warmest toast, because the weather always warms up before, and then it falls on you, like wolves on a ruddle of lambs. The only warning is the sound the trees make as the cold of the stark blast rolls over them. Very interesting. He would use the term wolves. Yes. Hmm. A kind of thudding sound like granados covered with dirt. The sound living wood makes when it contracts all at once, I suppose. And by the time they heard it, it would have been too late for those in the fields. Cold, Eddie mused. How cold? The temperature can fall to as much as 40 limbits below freezing in less than an hour, Roland said grimly. Ponds freeze in an instant with a sound like bullets breaking window panes. Birds turn to ice statues in the sky and fall like rocks. Grass turns to glass. You're exaggerating, Susanna said. You must be. For the things she's seen in this world. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all, but the cold's only part of it. The wind comes too. Gale force, snapping the frozen trees off like straws. Such storms might roll for 300 wheels before lifting off into the sky as suddenly as they come. How do the bumblers know? Jake asked. Roland only shook his head. The how and why of things had never interested him much. Which is true. It's never been... He does not care. (laughs) It's just a thing that is, and we we accept it. It just reminds me of the day after tomorrow. The the description of it, how everything freezes and... It actually reminds me more of a bad movie. Which I... A really bad movie. Um, that After Earth movie with Will Smith. Oh, I forgot Smith. all about it. But because yes. literally at night, yes, everything freezes. Yeah. Like completely freezes. Nothing on that planet has adapted to survive in it. But cause it's every night. It's a bad movie. It's a bad I movie. I watched it once. It's such a bad movie. Guys. So that's why I said a day after tomorrow. Yeah. It's bad, but it, it, but that is what happens literally. It goes mm-hmm. and everything freezes over. I just remember, like, in the day after tomorrow, you can see it just sweeping across everything, and like things are freezing almost in midair, and people are just like frozen over instantly, and just yeah, it was crazy. Turn towards them. With a piece of wood held at chest level. What it said in large uneven letters was gook. <laughs> Interesting word. A gook is a deep well, Roland said. Common law says any traveler may drink from it without let or penalty. Welcome to gook, Eddie said, and tossed the signboard into the bushes at the side of the road. I like it. In fact, I want a bumper sticker that says I waited out. The Stark Blast in Gook. Because why not? Susanna laughed. Jake didn't. He only pointed at Oi, who had begun turning in tight, rapid circles as if chasing his own tail. We might want to hurry a little, the boy said. I think that's the another red, not red flag for me, but a flag as far as you can tell it took him going like English English is hard right now 
him waiting so long to write this is because he's referring to Jake as the boy again. <laughs> and Jake is no longer the boy. He has earned his title as Jake. And he said, and yeah, that kind of stuff. It's no longer the boy said. So It's a lot of little inconsistencies. But, but yes, it's like, huh, the old man said, oh, we may have a day or two. <laughs> no. An hour later. Oh, crap, it's almost here. Uh, they, of course, found the build, the stone building they were looking for, the Great Hall or the Meeting Hall or whatever they called it. And the guy, we didn't mention it, but the guy earlier had said, uh, if you, you're going, it has a fireplace inside, and if you need wood, use all the houses, because nobody's in them, they're all broken anyway. And... They find that's true because looking around, everything's just shabby. It says, we'll have plenty. He cast an eye at Jake's furry pal who was once more turning in brisk circles. If we have time to pick it up, that is. We'll start gathering as soon as we make sure we've got yonder stone building to ourselves, Roland said. Let's make this quick. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's definitely do that. <laughs> But a whole lot of nothing interesting happens. So they get into the building and instantly always acting as though nothing is wrong. He is back to exploring everything. He's yipping at birds. It's as though nothing has happened. And they decide it's time. Well, okay, first I guess Susanna goes to the fireplace. Yes, because I don't know what the point of this whole thing was. I think it was just to separate them. To have them be in different places. So, yeah. She pours soot all over herself, which yes. is wonderful. She breaks into Detta Walker, swearing up a storm. And Oi, or not Oi, because that would be really weird if Oi just broke into complete and total English. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, of course, is astounded at all the swear words that she knows. Which, for them being together so long, I, I would think they... Well, he wasn't around when she was dead a while. I know, but he's still been around her like, for a while. Dead, for, this wouldn't have been, in my opinion, the first time he heard Dead a Walker break loose. Personally. But, I don't know. I feel like when she's used Detta in the previous books, when Jake has been around, it's been her sarcasm that comes out, not her sudden outburst of every foul word that she knows in the book. But yes, it is... Jake seems more like a child, like reacts more like a child than he he has been. And also them talking him up at the beginning of the book saying that, oh, he's, you know, he's able to take care of himself. It's fine if he walks ahead because if anyone comes at him, he'll be able to take him. And then suddenly, wow, you know more swear words than my dad. Yeah, it just seems weird. Yes, it is a little weird. This makes him sound more like a kid of 11 Versus we've felt and seems like he's grown a lot. Yes. In the last few books. And this seems regressive. So yes, they, he tells, he pretty much tells them to take her, or they pretty much say they're going to go out to find the well that the town's named after. And Jake will be gathering wood. Susan will be getting cleaned up. And they hope that Bix has made it to the other side. 
Yeah, yeah, because this thing's coming a lot quicker than they thought. And Bix says it'll take him three to four hours to get back across. Yes, because the weather changed pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so if it truly did take him three or four hours and the time span we currently know is happening... He did. Peace out, Bix. You didn't make it. You were stuck on the river when this hit. Yes. And you, you're frozen to it now. Which, I mean, if you had some skill, some some crazy skill to just huddle into a ball and just freeze over for the time being, I mean, good on you, but... Otherwise, I'm sorry, buddy. They find the well. Yep, and, and we have a whole thing about them trying to figure out how to get water out of it. Yes, because the bucket... First, they didn't know if they had a bucket, so then when they found a bucket, the handle broke. They made their own handle for it. And they go to get water. Um, it says... You can draw some more water once I get the worst of this mess cleaned off me. And when we get a fire going, I can wash and warm. Far to the northwest, they had heard a low thudding crump. There was a pause, then a second one. It was followed by several more than a perfect... I can't even say that word. Fusillade? That's what it seems like. Coming in their direction like marching feet, their startled eyes met. Eddie, bare to the waist, went to the back of her wheelchair... I think we better speed this up. In the distance, but definitely moving closer, some sounds that could have been armies at war. I think you're right, Susanna said. Oh, yeah. No, Bix is dead. This man did not make yeah. it. He's very dead. If they're already hearing it, it's been an hour, maybe, and they're hearing it, so it's already past reached him. This man did not make it back across the river. Okay, I know that he had, of course, his boathouse on one side of the river. Didn't they describe some kind of building on this side of the river? Because if that's the case, why didn't he just stay on this side and huddle up somewhere? Why did he try to make it across? did, well, again, again, he said it was going to be one to two days. Oh, that's true. He thought he had plenty of time to get back probably for a while and before this thing hit. This is true. So, goodbye, Bix. It was nice knowing you for the four pages we read about you. When they got back, they saw Roland and Jake running toward the meeting hall with armloads of decaying lumber and splintered chunks of wood. Still well across the river, but definitely closer, came those low, crumping explosions as trees in the path of the Stark Blast yanked themselves inward toward their tender cores. Oi was in the middle of the overgrown high street, turning and turning. Susanna tipped herself out of her wheelchair, landing neatly on her hands, and began crawling toward the meeting house. "'What the hell are you doing?' Eddie asked. "'You can carry more wood in the chair. Pile it high. I'll get Roland to give me his splint and steel. Get a fire going. But mind me, Eddie. Let me do what I can and put your shirt back on. I know it's wet, but it'll keep you from getting scratched up.' He did so, then turned the chair, tilted it on some big back wheels, and pushed it toward the nearest likely source of fuel. As he passed Roland, he gave the gunslinger Susanna's message. Roland nodded and kept running, peering over his armload of wood. The three of them went back and forth without speaking, gathering wood against the cold on this weirdly warm afternoon. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 because Susanna, it's good. It was like the smartest thing she could have done. Like, okay, I will crawl, I will make things happen, use the chair, gather wood, we gotta be, we gotta be quick. We yes. need a lot of wood, we gotta stay warm for a few days while this thing passes over. 
gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. It's like, I know I'm faster than you, especially out of my chair. And if I can get in there and start the fire, it means that we're not trying to start it already when the wind's going exactly. through. We don't know how well this place is going to hold up. And if it's any kind of drafty, you're not going to get anything started. <laughs> Might so, as well start bringing the heat up before we all freeze to death. <laughs> smartest thing possible. Make things work. <laughs> uh... So far, none of them had been cut or punctured, but Eddie thought it was just a matter of time. He tried to remember when he had last had his tetanus shot and couldn't. As for Roland, he thought his blood would probably kill any germ the second it dared showed its head inside that leather bag he calls skin. Good old Roland. Good old Roland. It's like infection enters, blood goes, well, bam. So yes, we get lots of touches on rusty nails and trying to avoid getting hurt. And then, of course, Jake and Roland were ahead of him. Uh, he could feel heat baking out of the open door. It better get cold, he thought, or we're going to roast in there. It's like, okay, she's, the fire's good, but it, it we, we were creating an oven. Yes, it's like... Roland described it as getting cold, and he described the coldness, but you can't really measure that in your head until it actually happens. So right now you're thinking, winter storm, and maybe it's not going to be that bad, and we're all just going to sit here just frying and broiling in this stone room. <laughs> then as he waited for the two ahead of them to turn sideways so they could get their loads of lumber inside... A thin and pervasive screaming joined the pops and duds of contracting wood. It made the hair bristle on the nape of Eddie's neck. The wind coming toward them sounded alive and in agony. The air began to move again. First it was warm, then cool enough to dry the sweat on his face, then cold. This happened in a matter of seconds. The creepy screech of the wind was joined by a fluttering sound that made Eddie think of plastic pennants you sometimes saw strung around used car lots. It ramped up to a whir, and leaves began to blow off the trees, first in bundles and then in sheets. The branches thrashed against clouds that were lensing darker, even as he looked at them, mouth agape. Oh no, he said, and ran the wheelchair straight at the door. For the first time in ten trips, it stuck. The planks he'd stacked across the chair's arms were too wide. With any other load, the ends would have snapped off with the same soft, almost apologetic sound the bucket handle had made. But not this time. Oh no, not now that the storm was almost here. Was nothing in Windworld ever easy? He reached over the back of the chair to shove the longest board aside, and that was when Jake shouted, Oi! Oi's still out there! Oi, to me! Oi took no notice. He had stopped his turning. Now he only sat with his snout raised toward the coming storm, his gold ring eyes fixed and dreamy. Like, oh crap! So yes, in all, all the humbug of everything going on, they have been running back and forth, and Oi has just been circling and circling outside. And now that it's finally time to get inside and be there... We've suddenly forgot that Pupper is just chilling. Yep, so good old, good old Jake climbs over the wheelchair and jumps over yes. Eddie. Just 
just splinters everything, just nails, rusty nails. Doesn't care. Ends up knocking Eddie over. <laughs> yeah, Eddie tries to stop him, but only catches his shirt, which does nothing. No, it rips. He rips his shirt. Uh, to which good old uh, Roland is like, "No, Eddie, you're not going after him. No, he'll be huh? he'll be fine. He'll make it." <laughs> Says the gunslinger went yanked the wheelchair through the doorway and grunted, "Get in here, Jake. Jake will either be all right or he won't." Roland seized Eddie by the arm and hauled him to his feet. Their old blue jeans were making machine gun noises around their legs as the wind whipped them. He's on his own. Get in here. No. Screw you. Roland didn't argue. Simply yanked Eddie through the door. Eddie went sprawling. Susanna knelt in front of the fire, staring at him. Her face was streaming with sweat, and the front of her deerskin shirt was soaked. Roland stood in the doorway, face grim, watching Jake run to his friend. He's got to get him. He's got to get Oi. has to get Oi. We can't have him dying in this book because he's in the next one. No spoilers. Come on. Yeah, he totally dies. He dies in the eighth book. So he can't be in the fifth book. Anyway... Um, yay! Jake felt the temperature of the air around him plummet. A branch broke off with a dry snap and he ducked as it whistled over his head. Oi never stirred until Jake snatched him up. Then the bumbler looked around wildly, baring his teeth. Bite if you have to, Jake said, but I won't put you down. Oi didn't bite and Jake might not have felt it if he had. His face was numb. So, yes, he has picked up Oi, and he is running back. <laughs> but it's like in a slow... The, when the wind's just pushing you, and you're like... Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> Jumping into the air and getting blown slightly forward. <laughs> Astronaut. Yeah, I've never done anything like that. So can't really... It'd be nice. Sounds fun, but... You've never seen it in any kind of movie? Where someone, just the wind kind of picks them up, and they're able to just move a little bit better? It just doesn't sound familiar. Oh. No. But on the third one, he didn't come down. He was blown straight forward with Oi cradled in his arms. It's pretty, pretty insane winds happening now. So Jake and Oi are flying through the air. Finally, where Roland steps in. Yes. He just kind of grabs him by the elbow and pulls. You should have let me grab the kid, Roland, Eddie said. He could have been killed out there. Oi was Jake's responsibility. He should have gotten him inside sooner. Tied him to something if he had to. Or don't you think so, Jake? Yeah, I do, Jake. Sat down beside Oi, stroking the mumbly's thick fur with one hand and rubbing blood from his face with the other. Roland, Susanna said, he's just a boy. No more, Roland said. Cry your pardon, but no more. I feel like we've been over this. We've been through enough. I'm pretty sure we can stop saying that he's just a boy. Because he's not. He's 11, but he's not just 
a boy. He is now pretty much a gunslinger, and when it comes down to it, you guys were perfectly fine letting him go up on ahead. For the first two hours of the Stark Blast, they were in some doubt if even the stone meeting house would hold. The wind screamed and the trees snapped. One slammed down on the roof and smashed it. Cold air jetted through the boards above them. Susanna and Eddie put their arms around each other. Jake shielded Oi and looked up at the swirling cloud that had sifted through the cracks in the ceiling. Roland went on calmly laying out their supper. What do you think, Roland? Eddie asked. I think that if this building stands one more hour, we'll be fine. The cold will intensify, but the wind will drop a little when dark comes. It will drop still more come tomorrow light, and by the day after tomorrow, the air will be still and much warmer. Not like it was before the coming of the storm, but the warmth was unnatural, and we all knew it. Really, because you didn't know until <laughs> Bix had mentioned it. <laughs> And now, nobody can sleep. Yeah. Everybody's sleeping little weird jeans. No one's really sleeping. And finally, we get the last little piece here. Wait, what was it? Jake? None of us can sleep, Jake said. So tell us a story. <laughs> and I guess that's the crux of the whole book. Yes. What we're trying to get to. Yes. One I know is a true story, for I lived it along with my co old comate, Jamie DeCurry. The other, The Wind Through the Keyhole, is one my mother read to me when I was still small. What story would you hear, Jacob? Over, you know, one of the old... So... Yep, the wind through the keyhole is another my mother read. What you just said, firelight, windows, how rolling, we just a little. Trying to see if there's anything else worth anything. Pretty much, it says Lud, the TikTok man, Blaine the Mono, the Green Palace, all were forgotten. Even the Dark Tower itself was forgotten for a bit. There was only Roland's voice rising and falling, rising and falling like the wind. Not long after the death of my mother, which, as you know, came by my own hand, to be continued. Yep. That is the end of the, the first chapter, the first part, the first... Can you, say, can you say the first part? Because this is part one. The first section of the book. Yeah. So, next week will be The Skin Man, part one. And I have no idea how far we're going. I'll let you guys know. No we'll, earthly We'll let you clue. know on Facebook and Twitter what we decide we so that you won't. know. We probably won't. I'll throw that out there. Yeah, I don't know how much we're reading. We'll figure it out. No idea. I'll try to at least find out how many pages. Oh, there we go. We will figure it out. <laughs> the wind through the heel. So, roughly... Let's see. So, it's about 75 pages. So, read 30, 40 pages. And that'll be roughly what we do. Because that's got to be roughly what we do. It'd be about the same length as this was. So, it won't be too bad. We'll be making our way to the wind through the heel. Which is weird. Mm -hmm. But hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you're enjoying this book. It's a little different, but we're having a good old time. Sorry we botched the hell out of a lot of this. Uh, it's a weird book. It's different. It's odd. Peculiar. But 
Have a good time. As always, you can reach me at Stars on Trial, reach Man at KZ Pup, reach to Beyond Our Focus, everywhere, including YouTube and podcast services around the globe. Possibly. But with that being said, it was fun. It was enjoyable. We'll see you next week. But as always, and t- forever, and, and I don't even know what to say anymore. Till next time, long days and pleasant nights. <laughs>